Welcome back to Have You Heard, the social media podcast brought to you by The Social Shepherd. Today, I'm joined by Zoe. Hello. And I'm Jack. Uh, we're both the co-founders here at The Social Shepherd, and we really wanted to talk to you guys today specifically around opportunities for brands on social and how they can shift their mindset, shift the way that they're approaching social um, over the next 12 months, but ultimately what they should be doing today and really delivering that sort of yeah. social first strategy. We've like undenied of what this podcast is actually going to be titled, but really it's like, if we, like what would we tell people to be looking at yeah. if they're a bra- if they're working on a brand that's active in social in 2024? And these are our three top tips. There's obviously many more that goes into a social strategy than this, yeah. but I think it's stuff that brands should be on the lookout for and how they should be adapting their stuff today so go away Zoe. Like, okay i've got some notes okay let's get it underway. so um i think one of the key things that we need to talk about is like how we're measuring the success of social and attribution in general um so obviously um universal analytics was sunsetted this year we've now moved into ga4 which has a data-driven attribution model and it's really showing the power that paid social has and and you know channels that may not have been as easy to attribute towards because we were looking at things on like a first click basis with universal analytics. Last click basis. Trying to repeat that. Oh, sorry. Last click basis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I wish it was first click. Um, That's that's the power of paid social is often the first click. Exactly. As a part of someone's user journey. Well, exactly. You're disrupting people. You're yeah. you're not you're not going after necessarily in market people, particularly with that upper funnel activity. So I think that's just really helping us understand the value of other channels, not just paid social, that are more of that upper funnel activity. Um, so I think, firstly, if you're not utilizing that to its full potential, you need to be. But one other thing that I've been finding um, that more and more clients are speaking to us about and things um, we're modeling more and more is it's been really difficult over the last few years to measure the value of organic social. And everyone knows that organic social has a value. You know, that's how you increase your share of voice organically. It's how you really engage with your community. It's a brand building exercise ultimately. But a lot of marketers have this kind of like siloed view of things and they see how great paid social is and they can forecast easier with paid social because, you know, um, an auction is easier to... Show an input and show an output. Well, basically. yeah, input and output as opposed to an algorithm because they go up and down all the time. They, oh, sorry. They change all the time. But what we have been looking to try and have a mildly comparable sort of view of them is looking at earned media value. Mm-hmm. So looking at the impressions um, or the views, if you don't have impression data on that platform and applying that to the average CPM you're seeing on your brand marketing activity and looking at the value of a piece mm-hmm. of content and how much owned meat like the owned value that's brought to you basically. Yeah. I'm describing this awfully. I'm, I'm getting no, yeah. my words tangled, but it basically means that you can set a target on your piece of content and say, we want every single piece of content to bring us like to have a 100 pound earned media value sure. or whatever it is. Yeah. So EMV is a really good way to start looking at that. And I think we will see more marketers move towards that model. It is worth caveating though, that you can't 
can't, it's a really good metric, but you can't compare them like for like, because you could definitely argue as we were talking about this beforehand, that organic views are actually more valuable than paid impressions, basically. It's it's debatable. And I'm sure if we have someone (laughs) from the paid team in here as well, they might take the other side. It is an interesting topic that, but I think. Well, and they do two very different things. Like, and I think that's why you've got to compare your organic stuff to your brand marketing CPMs as opposed to your performance marketing CPMs. And I don't mean brand marketing CPMs where you've literally just optimized something towards reach because you're just going to get a crazy low CPM Mm -hmm. on that. You know, we we need to be tactical about what we're measuring it towards. And really it should be those engagement engagement metrics because they're the most like for like ones that we should look at. But they do two different things. And so that's why brand and engagement, look at the CPMs that you're hitting on those campaigns, apply that to your organic content, and you should be able to understand more of the value. And really it's for clients that they have a social team and they've got to report into like a wider digital team or maybe up to like a CEO. And it helps contextualize the activity that you're doing a little bit more. So we're seeing clients do it. We're working with a lot of clients on it. And I think we will see people talk about that more in relation to organic social. Um, so that's just something to bear in mind. It's kind of along the lines of attribution, but how you attribute internally as opposed to actually physically attributing purchases towards something. Yeah. Um, so but that's been a tricky part for oh, anyone exactly. in organic social to prove their, prove their worth. Every the single pitch, it's like, how much <laughs> revenue are you going to drive from this? And I'm like, well, you know, unless we're bringing in social commerce, which is one of our other sort of points, it, it is really, really difficult. Yeah. I think GA4 as well, though, because we are looking at that data-driven attribution is going to make it easier to attribute on organic. But I think the thing that we've got to be mindful of is that a lot of the work that is done so the brand building, the relationship building is done in platform. Mm-hmm. So it actually doesn't even go through. It doesn't even pass through yeah. GA4 to be able to look at that. So people have to bear that yeah. in mind. Which is sometimes where you can see what we always talk about is like brand search uplifts. So people exactly. so it's, more it's, likely searching, you know, your brand name plus product or brand name just and then coming through to your homepage mm-hmm. through search as well. Um so that's a big thing. But, yeah. um, but I think search is actually another point to talk about is that you know, we've heard it so many times and it's getting a little bit boring consistently hearing like social is a search tool. Now, like it's always been a search tool, but with the likes of TikTok and the way that they're really pummeling through that. And, you know, every time you search something on Google, you're getting TikTok results come up in like the third or fourth line of mm-hmm. that. You know, Google will start to push YouTube shorts on that, but if you're not optimizing your content and looking at social content with a traditional content marketing eyeball, like is your headline like clickbait worthy? It doesn't have to be cringy clickbait. It just needs to be something that people actually care about. And that's something we're really pushing onto our clients at the minute. If it's not a point of interest or something that's going to grab attention, then it's just not worth posting because you're not going to get cut through. It's not going to work with the algorithm. The reach is going to be so low on it and you're not going to be discoverable when people are looking for that type of content. Mm -hmm. So I think I think a good thing to do this year if you're working in social is if you don't know about SEO, learn about SEO. There are loads of free courses out there. Understand the basic principles of it and start to bring that into your social media strategy. And it doesn't only aid your organic, it can aid your paid media messaging as well. Um, More so from a creative messaging perspective on paid, Mm -hmm. but 
it's worth knowing about and it's worth learning about for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned in amongst that social commerce, obviously yeah. TikTok shop has changed. I love TikTok shop. Okay. Obviously I know that you purchase stuff and <laughs> few other number of people purchase stuff um, through TikTok shop in the office. Obviously mm-hmm. we've seen brands come out of nowhere, not even have their own website, only sell on TikTok yeah. shop and, you know, do crazy numbers and then be picked up by retail stores. And then they're in, you know, they're getting full distribution in boots or anything like that. What else have you seen um, from TikTok shop and and what would you be sort of recommending to brands about? So I think a lot of like brands are quite scared of TikTok shop. And, you know, I think I don't want this to come across disrespectful to anyone that started a business on TikTok shop because it's really impressive what they've done. But I think those brands that are more well-established when they see, um, the TikTok lives happening or it's a little bit QVC and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And they see the types of products and it tends to be a lot of dupes that get sold on TikTok shop. Um, So I I think some brands are quite scared, but I think there is a massive opportunity for them on there. And I think now that, you know, TikTok have better fulfillment options now that they can offer. And so what I always suggest to clients is like, if you're not sure about it, let's do a test, let's send a thousand or however many products you want to off a specific product or maybe a handful of product Mm -hmm. variations and do a test on the platform, see what the uplift is like with your audience before you properly commit to implementing those fulfillment features into either, you know, how you're fulfilling at the minute or utilizing a TikTok partner for that. You often see bundles do quite well on TikTok shop as well. Exactly. But I think the barrier to entry there is if you're a retailer and you've been going on the high street and you've got a really you know, good e-com setup that you've worked on perfecting for years. The thought of kind of almost going backwards into Mm -hmm. TikTok shop and like, it doesn't seem like a massive thing to just put a bundle together, but it is for those businesses because they've got the way that their products are categorized. So that's why I think that before, um, brands really delve in and they say, okay, we're going to really invest in a social commerce strategy. This is how we're going to do it. We know that this may actually take traffic away from our site, but we're going to measure the overall revenue that's coming in across the entire business. Um, The only downside is that you don't own, I don't like to use that word, but own your customer. You don't get the, the email. So when you acquire that user, it's hard to then remarket to them to, but Hopefully, it's well, you that- can remarket to them in platform, but it's outside sure. of that that's making yeah. it really difficult. No Marketing is possible on the um, back end. I, I genuinely believe that the best thing to do with TikTok Shop is to test it with some lower price items. Yeah. Run it, run a limited time offer or whatever it is, um, and see how it does for your brand. Yeah. I think we will see more people taking it up over the next 12 months and then use a mix of creators and paid and some of your own organic content to gain traction um but a lot of obviously creators are you know people are gifting to hundreds of creators on an affiliate program yeah and everyone you know that is driving quite a bit for for a number of these tiktok shops but i guess talking about creators one of the final points i wanted to discuss with you is sort of methods of production yeah i think we see still to this day lots of brands or lots of other social agencies coming in with a super polished 
video content um, still putting out there, which looks great. And, you know, it's more commercial. Some, sometimes it looks great. Yeah. If it's done well, yeah. it looks great. If it's done like they're trying to put a TV ad on and an Instagram reel, it yeah. can actually just look, reflect really badly tell it's on been, them. Sort been of resized poorly or sometimes yeah. not even resized. And so I, I think you've kind of just got to tread carefully on yeah. those things. So I think there's been a, you know, a transition for even videographers to go, God, I've got to shoot in vertical rather than in landscape. Got to sort of drop what they've almost previously. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but I think I was speaking to our production team the other week and I, I set them a task and we've, um, started doing more YouTube creative within the agency, which is really exciting. But where the team have been so used to shooting portrait and they all mm -hmm. came here and were like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> we're going to have to move from landscape to portrait. And then they like have to put like lines on their cameras to figure out how to do it. And then we ask them to go back a year later <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is, this is a, there's a lot of stuff going on in my screen. <laughs> yeah. I guess you get used to what yeah. you've just done for, for over the years. But I think... In terms of methods of production, obviously ourselves and what we're seeing perform well on social is that really, you know, social native content, UGC, mobile, mm. mobile shot content. We still obviously produce stuff on DSLR as yeah. well, depending on the narrative. I think, I think there's, there's kind of a twofold to this and it's the two different types of content serve very different purposes because we've actually seen towards the tail end of this year, um, higher production quality higher production content actually do really well. Mm. You know, you've got the Rimmel ads where they've used a lot of AR visuals. Sure. Um, we've done quite a lot of that for clients as well. And that's a new type of content that's coming onto social that is polished, but it's people are getting more used to almost that virtual reality style content. Yeah, and that's going to, I do feel like that's going to become bigger over the next year. And that's actually really nice in a way that creatives can focus in that in that it's way on social more in lines of like innovation i guess yeah innovation and i think we are seeing people come back to having a little i think as consumers we almost lost a bit of respect for like high production and technical pieces of content and i think now that you know it is a little bit oversaturated with that ugc feel that mm -hmm. people are kind of craving innovation yeah, yeah. in that area but they do very different things and so you know what we've tried to do as an agency is look at production from a complete 360 view so our content team will ideate a piece of content and they will go who is the best person to create this is it our content team going to a store and filming this on a mobile, a slightly elevated UGC piece of content? Is it better treated like a high production piece of content with a full kit and crew filming on DSLRs? Or does it actually make more sense for us to utilize a content creator that we trust to mm -hmm. make this look like a piece of UGC content? And all of those work on social in different areas. The UGC stuff absolutely smashes it from a performance perspective. Like we know that that delivers really, really well. The higher production stuff does really well from a brand perspective and actually surprisingly is also now performing on an organic perspective provided that you get it right. So there's so many different ways of looking at producing content. And I think people just need to get more used to being flexible with that and not letting your means of producing content or what you currently have access to lead that, you should be coming up with the idea first and then deciding how that's going to be produced. And I think in some ways, creatives almost have to like 
drop their this sounds so bad but like drop their egos a little bit in certain mm-hmm. ways because I guess it is frustrating now that you can just send a product off to a UGC content creator and they'll send something back whereas you could spend two days filming this beautiful piece of content that's going to look significantly better trust me it's going to be more beautifully shot the other one's going to perform better and that can be a hard pill to swallow and so I think it's just about like really understanding what your consumer wants to see and producing for that as opposed to producing for what you think you want to do yeah. love that I have <laughs> lots of conversations about this yeah but I think that's probably one of the most powerful things that we could share I guess in terms of how we're approaching it what we're seeing work and how brands can yeah. then take that forward with them. I am really happy though that like we're seeing that AR style content, like the higher production stuff come back though, because I do, I, I do genuinely feel like yeah. creative and social kind of got lost over the last couple of years. And, and it's still creative. Like, don't get me wrong, coming up with those UGC narratives is hard. It's yeah. not easy and it's harder than it looks, but I think it's really nice that we're getting back into a more balanced place. It just means everyone has to level up a little bit. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for sharing that, Zoe. It's been it's been great speaking with you about these things. And I'm sure we're gonna do some more videos coming up, especially on predictions, probably for twenty twenty four and where not only where we're seeing obviously what we've covered today is what we're advising today. Let's get Q four over with and then we can do some predictions. It's a busy old time. It's a busy old time. Yeah. So Shepherds. Well, yeah, thank you very much for joining us and um I can see you guys very, very soon and make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening.